Welcome to Come Follow Me Mental Health Insights with Dr. David Morgan. Each week we'll review a concept from the Come Follow Me lesson and talk about applications to improve our mental and emotional health. Hi, welcome to episode 50 of season two. This week we are studying the book of Revelation, chapters one through five. The book of Revelation was written by the Apostle John. This is the same John of Peter, James, and John, and also the same John who lives on the earth today, having been promised to abide until the Savior's second coming. The book of Revelation contains details pertinent to the seven geographical regions of the ancient church, along with prophecies concerning the future of the church. It's a very symbolic book. Joseph Smith said that it was one of the plainest book of scriptures ever written, which may seem strange as we read through it and hear about beasts and candlesticks and swords coming out of mouths. But as we understand the symbols, the underlying truths are more clear, and these truths testify of simple, everlasting doctrines. And I'd like to focus on some of those simple truths, especially those that can provide us greater strength and knowledge to better improve our mental and emotional health. In the very first chapter, in verse 3, we read, Blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy, and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. There is a pattern and a promise in this verse. It, is, it says that blessings come to those who read the words of the book of Revelation, and then also keep those things. And that's explaining the process of obtaining knowledge and then following it with action. You're going to find this mandate and promise throughout all of Scripture. It is not just enough to hear and understand truth. We have to act on it. You remember about the wise man who built his house upon the rock. Um, and it's, and it, the Savior said that those that hear his words and then act on them are like those who have that strong foundation. As a psychologist, sometimes I get the following question, or at least some variation of this question, uh, which is, my spouse or my child or my friend has mental health issues and really needs counseling, but they don't want it, and they are resisting my efforts to help them get it. How can I make them get mental health assistance? Very common question I get, and I have the same answer every time to their question, how can I make them get counseling? My answer is you can't, and even if you could, you shouldn't. Change happens when, number one, we understand that we need to change, and number two, we do something about it. And if a person doesn't think that he or she needs to change, or if they are unwilling to do something different, then change is just not going to happen. Every person has to be allowed the space to learn things for themselves and to develop their own motivation for change. When we know people who really could benefit from change, especially with their mental health, and yet they don't do it, that can be very frustrating. And that's usually what inspires those feelings of wanting to sort of force them into it. Like if you're a parent and you want to, you know, just put your kid in counseling or otherwise try to persuade them to do it. But in my decades of experience as a mental health professional, lasting change needs to be motivated by an intrinsic personal desire. If it's motivated by force or cajoling or otherwise overwhelming persuasion, then it's just not as effective. 
So my counsel is to be patient with others as they find their own ways to improve. Please avoid manipulation and overbearing persuasion. It is not effective. And in almost every case, it is more selfish than selfless. This same principle is taught in Revelation chapter 3, verses 20 and 21. It reads, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and sup with him and he with me. To him that overcometh, I will grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and am set down with my father in his throne. I believe this verse inspired that famous painting that many of you have probably seen. It shows the Savior knocking on a door that has no exterior door handle. And the assumption is that the only way to open the door is from the inside. We are all on our own journeys. No one can open the door for us. We have to choose to change and to progress. Verse 21 that we just read promises eternal life to those that overcome, just as the Savior overcame. The Savior's example is one of diligent hard work with absolute reliance on heavenly help. No one carried him across the finish line or forced him to make decisions. He chose for himself and then reached out for divine assistance when the road was extra difficult. That is our pattern as well. Each of us individually makes choices, exerts effort, and then partners with the Savior and his power so that we can overcome. I know that sometimes the journey becomes so difficult that it looks hopeless. And that is often the case with chronic mental health issues. Some people who have struggled with mental health issues for so long uh, get to the point where they believe that they are never going to overcome their difficulties. Satan capitalizes on those feelings of hopelessness and he uses them to bring us down even further, which then affects our motivation. It reduces it and makes change even less likely. But we know that all of us can overcome with divine assistance. Through the Savior's power, we can overcome. And that was the message that stood out to me as I read Revelation chapter 5. Uh, let's read verses 1 through 5. And I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written within and on the backside sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof? And no man in heaven, nor in earth, neither under the earth, was able to open the book, neither to look thereon. And I wept much, because no man was found worthy to open the book, neither to look thereon. And one of the elders said unto me, Weep not. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. I love the theming in these scriptures. Uh, to summarize, there is a task that needs doing, but no one can do it. And they've looked everywhere. They've tried everything, and, it, and this task can just not be accomplished, but they want the task to be done. It's important for it to be accomplished. And their reaction is sadness and hopelessness. And maybe there's a desire to just give up since despite all efforts, nothing has changed. And then God's messenger gives the good news saying there is one who can do the impossible, who can open the unopenable, and who can fix what no one else can. I love this example of hope. No matter how much trouble we are in, no matter how many emotional liabilities we have, the Savior can and already has overcome and will help us in our progress. And I wish we could all have hope all the time to counteract the despair and to help us keep moving forward. 
true understanding of doctrine combined with really appreciating the Savior's power can be a significant tool to help lift us out of depression, calm our troubled hearts, and learn strategies to improve our mental health. I love this quote from President Jeffrey R. Holland regarding the hope that can come through the Savior. Quote, however late you think you are, however many chances you think you have missed, however many mistakes you feel you have made or talents you think you don't have, or however far from home and family and God you feel you have traveled, I testify that you have not traveled beyond the reach of divine love. It is not possible for you to sink lower than the infinite light of Christ's atonement shines. I hope you feel that way. I hope you know that everything is possible through the Savior's power. And as you strive to improve your mental health, I hope you see him as your advocate and best help in this process. I always end my podcast episodes with an invitation to act and just invite you to give prayerful consideration to which of these invitations would be good for you to do. This week's invitation is to reflect on some positive change that you've been able to make in your life, something that you've been able to do uh, that's been good, a good change for you. And then write down how you were strengthened, inspired, or otherwise motivated by the Savior's power and the Holy Ghost to achieve that change. And then in whatever way you feel is appropriate, express your gratitude to God for that help. I have free worksheets that you can download to help you remember and implement the weekly invitations. To find out how to get these, just sign up for my email newsletter. You can find that link in the show notes. Also, please subscribe so you can easily access new episodes each week and share this podcast with others. There are also written transcripts of the podcast. You can find that link in the show notes. Thank you for listening. And until next time, this is Dr. David Morgan reminding you that change is possible, but change requires action and to always keep moving forward. Thanks for listening. If you want to learn more, please visit Dr. Morgan's website at www.drdavidtmorgan.com.